1: Welcome to Master Mindset. Reframe your thinking. Master your mindset with Nate Skula and Kim Adele. I'm pleased we're we're joined by Nicholas Babbin today. You've been keeping me away from people for months now you will be your fault soon. I need to get out more, really.
0: <laughs> you need to get out more, a lot more.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I'm uh, I'm quite excited because you know we're going to talk about digital transformation and and mindset as well, right? And how those two things are kind of connected. But I mean it's been it's been incredible the last the last couple of years. I mean, in 2021, Satya Nadella, CEO of Microsoft, he said, uh, we've had two years of digitalization in two months, right, in 2020. And that, like, pff, that's crazy. So we thought we'd bring Nicholas uh, Nicholas along because he he's a member of the expert network at the World Economic Forum. Uh, and you're a keynote speaker. You're also an author uh, of The Talking Dog, uh, Immersion in New Technologies. And-
2: I have one here.
1: Excellent. Excellent. And uh, yeah, I, I, I love the story. And before we kind of jump in, do you want to tell us a little bit about The Talking Dog and, and and a bit about you and what you're working on and stuff like that? Thank you.
2: Yeah. Well, The Talking Dog, actually, the idea came with you, uh, Nat, uh, because we did a lot of uh, podcasts together. And uh, the more I was telling my stories, the more I could see people were interested in the story. And, and it was a little bit outside of the box in the sense that. I've been really lucky in my in my in my life is that back in '89 I was in California when internet started, and I I, I was working for a French bank and when uh, email started so I installed the first email system for that French bank, and then I was uh, I launched the first GPS system in the UK uh, as head of uh, the Sony division for uh, in car navigation systems. So as I mentioned, you know, you, I had neighbors, I uh, lived in Wimbledon at the time, and I had neighbors lining up my house saying, can we have a tour in the talking car? You know, <laughs> but you have to remember, it was back in 1996, no car stopped, especially one saying, turn right, turn left, take the next roundabout. I was, that was just unbelievable. And then I launched the first entertainment robot with uh, AI called Ibo, uh, which is the talking dog. Uh, and even, even until today, as soon as, I, because I still have three at home, I still play with them. <laughs> still a kid. I think we all are. That's why Nat and I get along. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're still kids. But today, even when I get the, the, the dog out or the, the, the dogs out, uh, everybody's like, fascinated about the fact that back in the year 2000, we could have a, uh, a robot with artificial intelligence that could answer questions, that could play football, uh, because it has a pink ball, that could go and fetch uh, a bone, because it has the eye bone, um, which... uh, So AIBO, by the way, stands for artificial intelligence robot, B-O for bot. Uh, And AIBO in Japanese means companion. So I decided to write this book because all these stories, basically, I I have the the, the background, uh, you know, and what people don't know about it, how did we come up with a dog at Sony, Uh, GPS, how did it work at the beginning when the uh, American army was downgrading all GPS systems because it was the first um, Gulf War. You know, and so all uh, all these stories, uh, basically I thought it was a good idea to put them into a book and then to think about what's coming next. I know we're going to talk about the future, about digital transformation, but with new technology, and this crazy world we live in today with COVID and everything, you know, we need technology to augment us even more than it used to augment us. Technology is not there to replace humans. Technology is there to augment us. And so this whole book is, is about that. Mm-hmm. And actually, I start with a sentence uh, that says science without conscience is death of the soul. soul sorry, with the French accent as well uh which uh, is from a French philosopher back in 1400s or something like that. And he says, of course we have new technology, but we also have responsibilities because of these new technologies. And that the book is all about that. And uh, it's very easy to to read. Uh, have feedback from kids seven, eight, nine years old, uh, feedback from people 80, 90 years old, uh very positive and look on my uh on the uh, Amazon because it's available on Amazon. And, uh, and and it was fun. It was a lot of work because it's available in French and in English. So I did
1: it in, in both languages. Uh, it was a lot of work, but it was fun. I'm going to get my dad a copy of this. Because sure. Kim and I, we've been talking to my dad for a few weeks, and, and mm-hmm. he's had all sorts of tech problems. And the major issue that I I see is actually there are marginalized groups, like people who really can't get on with technology or people yes. who've never, ever used it. Or, and it's and it's virtually impossible for them to actually get access to uh, to the internet, right? And this morning was a transformational moment because he actually used Zoom with me for the first time, and he looked happy. so happy because he yeah. actually managed to answer a Zoom call on his on his Mac, right? Yeah. And this is this is just an incredible thing that without the internet, we're not connected with anyone anymore. This is yeah. just a, a it's a crazy crazy time. Think moment. about
2: COVID. 30 or 20 years ago
1: mm-hmm.
2: it would have been a totally different story and it would have been a, a complete disaster for the world economy and everything I mean you know you I I know how old your dad is and everything and I'm not going to share that obviously but He's
1: nearly 90 I don't mind it. I don't mind. <laughs> okay
2: but digital it, it is a real digital transformation example what you're giving what you're giving us here because. The three of us, uh, and me even on the late part, but uh, we've we've lived with internet. We have lived with all these new technologies. we you know I mean, like I tell my kids today they go in the car, we use ways, and my kids are twenty five and twenty two. We use ways and everything. I say, you know, I was at the beginning of all this. And say, yeah, but everybody has it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <I> Thanks. <so. laughs> you know? But I mean, my father-in-law is 84. Uh, a WhatsApp call is difficult for him because he, it's not like a normal call. So it's, it's changing the mindset. And that's what it's all about. Digital transformation is not only about digital. And that's why I try to tell all my customers is do not put the, the word together in the sense that digital transformation is about changing mindset and, and working differently. So I, I remember before COVID many CEOs that I would advise or would say, yeah, but you know, working from home, is like taking a holiday. I've had that so many times, like in no way, as as long as I'm a CEO, nobody from in my company is going to work from home. And, you know, I, I, there are two people I would love to call today. But I'm not, I will not do it. One of them is retired. Uh, the other one is still CEO. <laughs> I wonder how many people from his company now work from home. You know, and, and this is what when when human with a big H you know is back to the wall. Um, we, we we think about options of 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 changing and 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 augment our, our possibilities to work. And this is exactly the time we're in. And that's why it's so important that you know people think, oh, I need to start my digital transformation. I'm going to start using Excel. I'm still getting that. Is using Excel like part of the process? And yes, of course, using Excel is part of the process rather than writing everything on a piece of paper and calculating it, everything. But it's not about that. And, and I think the two of you are very well aware of that because that, that that's, you know as coaches, that's exactly what you need to, 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 well, what you do on a daily basis is change your mindset you know you're selling boxes today maybe tomorrow you'll need to sell solutions right and 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 this is what i try to tell um, because because of my background in in new technologies people ask me a lot of questions about digital transformation and and hearing from me the fact that it's not only about digital i i, I really get a lot of confu- people people very confused about this
0: it's so it's so true isn't it like i was chatting to somebody just last week where You know, we've had all kinds of experience, haven't we? We've had user experience, we've got colleague experience, we've got client experience, but the one thing that is true is irrelevant of whether it's the company, the client, or the colleague, we're all human beings. So why are we not talking about the human experience? And actually, when we think about that digital transformation, what's the human experience for the people in our organisation? What's the human experience for the end user? What problem are we trying to solve? but it always comes back to a person. And I think sometimes that gets missed, doesn't it?
2: Absolutely. In a
0: lot of what what I do, you kind of come in and go, where's your people plan?
2: (laughs) Yeah. You've got your customer experience,
0: not your people plan.
2: That's exactly it. And you hear all the time, CX, customer experience. A lot of people are talking about that. But why is it so important today? It's because we've changed our way of of living. We've changed our way of buying things. We've changed our way of working. We've changed everything, you know, mean like, in France, at the first uh, lockdown, uh, we had um, this baker. Obviously, you know, we need to have our bread every morning. <laughs> that's, that's part <laughs> of our culture. Uh, and and the guy suddenly transformed his business by delivering this bread. But that's digital transformation because he would take a phone call, even though he was not on digital platform. Because at the beginning, you know, he had, it was either he was closed because nobody could leave their house even to buy bread. So he would lose his business, but he had to think fast and think outside of the box. And what did he do? He took phone calls, got orders, went to the, to the people's place. We gave him change at the beginning. Now, obviously, he's on many platforms that um, I won't mention, but uh, that help him sell digitally. But that, that you know, that's the most important, as you said so rightfully, Kim, is it's all about people. And now we expect so much about being personalized example. When I started marketing a while back, uh, it was about mass marketing, right? You would send an email to 1,000 people, and you would get 100 people responding if you were lucky. And and you thought, oh, I'm doing a great job. I'm a fantastic marketer. Right? <laughs> today, if it's not personalized marketing, frankly, if I don't get a message, um, on, on all the platforms that I use. So it needs to be everywhere. It needs to be for Nicholas Babin, you know, based on my historical data that everybody has, because now, obviously, everybody's been on the web, everybody's been using social media and all this. So people know, you know, that I have two kids, that I, I live by the sea, that uh, so basically it will be more appropriate to uh, send me a, uh, an advertising about a bathing suit than, rather than a pair of skis, right? I'm just giving you an example here, but, but that's why it's so important. People, Customers have always been king, and that we've heard that all our lives, right? But the customer experience today and the people experience, as you mentioned, is exactly what needs to happen in a digital transformation project. So that we might need to change the term. It will take a long time, I think, but it's more about people transformation than digital transformation in my mind.
0: Yeah, I know. I I completely agree. And actually, you know, one of the things that I always thought when I was leading big companies uh, before I moved into coaching was that as a leader, my clients are actually my people. So it's my responsibility to deliver the right service to them, so that they can deliver the right service to the end client. And actually, if they don't, if they don't buy into me, they won't. They won't want to buy from me. They won't work for me. They'll move on somewhere else. So I think putting the person back into that element and saying actually. You know, what is the human experience that I want to create for the people that work for me? What is the human experience I want them to create for the end customer? Because we're all, you know, we're all a customer. And I remember being in many organizations where it's as if they forget that. Was, I, I remember being in one particular organization many years ago where they were having this really interesting debate about a decline of a certain product. And, and everyone was you know, scratching their head, couldn't understand where it was coming from. I said, can I just ask a little question? It was about paper payslips. I said, can I just ask, how do we pay our people? And they said, oh, we pay them electronically. You know, we've got electronic payslips because they're more economical and they're more environmentally friendly. And I was like, great. So do we think we're odd or do we think our clients are odd? Because, you know, if we're doing it for those reasons, why do we think our clients aren't going to be moving towards also doing electronic payslips for exactly the same reasons? So why do we stop thinking like, a human being just because we've walked through a door and we're like i'm in the company now so i'm gonna think in a in a very different way and actually if we if we instead always think about what's the experience that that we're giving what's the problem we're solving or what's the desire that we're fulfilling because that's pretty much what we're here to do is either solve a problem or fulfill a desire if if they haven't got either a problem or a desire, there's no use for you or what you're trying to do, is there? So you're going to find that very difficult to kind of keep going. Um, and then how do we make that fit for purpose? And, and you're right, we often get very hung up on the on the words. And I think that's the thing that often scares people around, you know, you talk about digital transformation. And for a lot of people, they'll be like, oh, I'm not technically minded. You know, it's when I start throwing out, I used to be a hairdresser, don't start talking technology with me. Um but actually, it's just because there's that fear, isn't there, of the of the slightly unknown. I mean, I remember my dad's first mobile phone came with like a strap over your arm. Yes. <laughs> the box. I remember those two. So um, but, but, you know, it was it was kind of if we see just what's changed already in our lifetime and the lifetime of our, of our kids. I mean, yes, your kids, as you already said, are in their 20s. My little girl's only like only coming up for five already the amount of transformation that has happened in her little life and when you think about how much more is coming helping yeah. our people helping our um our families to really adapt their mindset to embrace transformation and change is going to be crucial isn't it to our success
2: absolutely absolutely and and it's not only because you mentioned Rachelly as well that uh, the fact that uh, the, our 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 people are also our customers, but they're also our ambassadors, and that's very important. Your daughter at five is already setting her mind up about some brands she likes. and I remember when I was head of of communication and marketing for Sony, you know we we were the, the reach we had was very wide because obviously we had PlayStation where we had young children, maybe not five, but younger children you know, from the age of nine, ten. Uh, all the way to, I mean, yes, gamers who are over 80 years old. Um, And it was really important that the experience they would get with our product. And I'm talking about 2005, 2006, so well back. Uh, But even at that time, we thought, you know, they need to be ambassadors. The older leaders would not agree with that. Like, we're Sony. This is what we do. This is how people uh, need to adapt to our products. And this is where this, the, the 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 change has happened. Is now it's like not for the consumer or the ambassador to adapt; it's for companies to adapt to the the, the customer, the employees. Because even today, right, it's difficult to find jobs and everything, but not everywhere. And because of COVID, many companies struggle to hire the right people, right? So, uh, unless you adapt your company to the way. These uh, millennials who are just coming into the to to now uh, working uh, uh, to the workforce, unless you adapt to them, they won't come to you because you're not a cool brand. Right.
0: Absolutely. I know we know one of the biggest challenges the world over in boards is the ability to attract and retain top talent. And research shows that 57 percent of people leave their boss, not the organization. So unless we are constantly reevaluating what it is that we're offering we risk the chance of becoming irrelevant to our workforce yeah, and at that point you know we we really are um, scuppered and i know from the um, world economic forum's um, report on the skills matrix you know they talked about in 2018 about some of the skills that are going to be needed that ability to lead with emotional intelligence and social presence is becoming significantly greater and actually, unless leaders realize that and start to adapt and change, particularly with the new augmented way of working, where actually you're not sat next to me, I am going to have to engage with you through this kind of medium and try and ensure that we maintain our culture, that we continue to evolve it and that you remain connected. Um, to me It's become a, a much more important skill and yet isn't one that perhaps is that well versed yet um, globally.
1: Yeah. But I think, you know, we've kind of talked around, you know, we know how important digital transformation is, right? With AI, artificial intelligence, big data, IoT, you know, sensing what's going on. But I think we've still got a long way to go, certainly when it comes to the environment. I was looking at some data the other day. And, you know, yes, we understand what happens. But we haven't actually analyzed it in a really granular level just yet, right? But but I think we, we, we do have all sorts of amazing concepts, right? Um, You know, and, and all of this technology that could actually be created and it could benefit us, right? But the question really is, I know we need to change our mindset. You know, we've all talked about that, right? We need to change our mindset to actually accept change and flow with change. And as opposed to you know sitting there and saying oh i'm really worried like it's changing so quickly we need to be a bit more like my dad right like he he doesn't mind change whatsoever he will embrace it but we need to find ways to explain how we're going to do it right so how do we turn abstract concepts from technology into reality um nicholas that's a that's a big one i know yeah,
2: uh, as I, well, um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm gonna, just going to go back one second to my book, but this is exactly what I, I, I discussed in the book, is how we can use new technology to help better consume, uh, to help save resources, because this, you know, and, and, and it answers a little bit your question as well, is, you know, yes, they are, uh, all these concepts are, are a bit abstract uh, for some people today, but the more uh, we advance, the more we're getting historical data and if we're talking about saving the planet, for example, you know, uh, those fires in California, I mean, I just returned from, from Denver and Colorado, we were suffering. The air quality was so poor because we were suffering from the, f- from the fumes coming from California. I mean, you know, thousands of miles away. Mm-hmm. Um, so the planet is in danger and there's no planet B. I mean, I'm, you know, am repeating everything we, we see today. Um, yep. and so, all these concepts that maybe today seem a bit uh, uh, strange or or at least that we haven't all embraced uh, are going to become more and more um, useful and 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 i'm going to give you one example i know everybody's pretty much is on linkedin today Uh, linkedin is using ai and it's been pain-free for everyone right to in I started uh, LinkedIn back in 2003. So I was one of the really, really first people to use LinkedIn. At the time, anytime I would get a message, I had to answer all my messages, you know, happy birthday, or, thank you very much, have a great day, blah, blah, blah. Uh, today, AI is around and AI can suggest you sentences. It's just one click, right? So it's, and it has been pain-free. So when I ha- hear a lot of people saying, yeah, but the concepts are really... Complex and 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 it's not yet you know we're not used to it yet. Actually, I think the first step is to realize that we are actually all using new technologies today. Uh, then of course there's as you said and that's very right. There's a long way forward, but it's a journey to new technologies. A journey to AI, which you and Matt and I are working on. Uh, Two or three years ago, or two years ago, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was really important. It's really to understand that uh, it, everything we need to do today, we need to do it step by step. It cannot be a revolution because we're living in a world that's already uh, a huge change for everyone. So it's already, it's already difficult. I mean, you ask anyone what the the, the biggest fear anyone has, and it's the the, the fear of change. And, yeah. and you, you know. We talked about your dad. We can talk about uh, <laughs> my, my wife's uh, dad, who's 84. It's it's everything. Saying like, you know, we're so used to having everything uh, ready for us. We didn't think about resources being scarce or or anything. It was it was just something. It was just life, right? But that life doesn't exist anymore. So how do we do we um, do we go from concept to actually? putting it in place is I believe it's thanks to what we're doing today. It's thanks to a lot of books uh, coming out. It's thanks to a lot of coaches that really need to uh, uh, spend time and explain that this is how it's going to happen. And that, you know, doing it step by step is going to be easy because everybody will then, as you said, Nat, embrace, and that's really the right term, embrace and engage. To me, these are the two very important terms about, this transformation that we live in today. Um, So yes, there are concepts and some of them, I mean, you know, I don't want to be talking about blockchain or things like that, even though I explain that in the book in the very simple words about big data as well and everything. But these concepts, it's true. When you think about it, you say, well, you know, where does it come from? Why should I use it and everything? But if you see that gradually on a daily basis, you see a little bit of, help coming from technology one example i'm going to give nat is how we worked on this organizing this podcast we use an ai based tool right mm-hmm. we introduced said digital transformation and he gave us some ideas on what we should be talking about it took yeah. us i think you, you you said five seconds maybe
1: 10? yeah five <laughs> seconds in, in in 15 seconds we came yes. up with what we were going to talk about Just
2: remember about a year, year and a half ago when we were thinking about all the podcasts we did together and and, and we were thinking about what we wanted to talk about. We would spend a good hour, hour and a half going back and forth and everything. We we've we've saved pretty much a good hour just for today. So this is how it's going to work to me and, and and this is how people will understand the benefits of these foreign concepts as of today, but which are not foreign to everyone and which will not become foreign very shortly. But Kim, you know...
1: Sorry, sorry. Kim, ladies first.
0: Sorry, I was going to say, you say, right, I think taking it step by step, like, really, really helps. And I think the other thing that is true is the only thing that has ever been constant in our lives is change. If we look back over history, the one thing that we've always been doing is changing, evolving and growing. Um, But actually... That doesn't mean to say it feels any more comfortable when we're going through it. We still have to go through that change curve Absolutely. because you know, one of the things I always get um, clients to do is go, do me a favor, just cross your arms for me. And now uncross them and cross them the other way. How does it feel? It's sort like it of feels a bit uncomfortable. Some of them have to look at their arms to see what they're doing. So like, oh, that's all a bit alien. <laughs> um, how? Why is she doing that? It's like, that's because that's how it's going to feel. But look at how much change you've already gone through. Look at how many things that have been different and have evolved. Because actually, if we can create some level of um, certainty and so, some level of normality in there, which is, well, actually, you're always changing. You're always evolving. Um, so, you you know, you can do this one too. And before you know it, it's going to feel as easy to cross your arms the other way as it did the way you were always doing it. And because we're just going to take it one step at a time. And I think we've just got to be much more honest and open. And I love your book because it's really talking about it through stories. And the one Mm -hmm. thing that actually connects us all the world over, irrelevant of our age, our gender, our culture, even our religion, is that we all teach and learn through stories. So if we can create those stories, if we can help people to find a, a medium that allows them to learn without feeling scared of that learning, then actually that's going to be how we evolve, isn't
2: its it? As a, as Absolutely. An all- and yeah. the biggest change we have today, just one sentence, Nat, I promise, the biggest change we have today is actually the, the, the speed of change compared to what it used to be. You know, just uh, re- just think about one thing. If our grandparents had refused the telephone or electricity,
1: where would we be today, right? Yeah. Now with the speed of change, this is where we are. Sorry, Nat. <laughs> No, no, it's it's fine. I know you've been you've been uh, studying uh, facial recognition as well, right? Yes, absolutely. and uh, <coughs> excuse me, but like I think all of this it is frightening for people. But the thing is, you're either you're either going to do it or you're going to be out of work. So, what do you want to do? Are you gonna are you gonna are you gonna think of things that you might like to learn about and try and learn everything you can about them, right? Or are you going to sit back and wait for things to happen to you? Because the moment you sit back and you wait for things to happen to you and you stop learning new skills, right, is the moment that you you are going to be out of work. And you know what? I'm sorry, it is your own fault. I hate to say that, but it is. Yeah. I think
0: some of it as well, though, is down to the leaders. So I think mm-hmm. leaders have got a massive job these days in creating that safe space for people to learn. We've we've not done that very well in the last years we've not shared any vulnerability as a leader which means that people are afraid to, afraid of failing because they are expected to be perfect and I think we're moving into a into a new world where actually we have to share a little bit of our vulnerability and go you know what? I don't know about you I'm finding it quite hard to learn this new technology as well but we can do it together and we create that space where it's okay to fail but fail fast learn from it and evolve in the same way we do with that technology we have to do it with our people and our mindsets and our um, and our soft skills, which always makes me smile whenever I say soft skills, because if they really are soft, why do people find them so odd? <laughs> it's, like, it's the one bit that just feels uh, really weird for me, but I think that's gonna be the piece that we see within the leadership world is gonna be the biggest challenge and the biggest drive to change as part of digital transformation is actually, how do you lead this effectively? to enable us to help people to learn, to give them the courage to take that leap of faith, because that's down to, down to us as leaders, as much as it's down to the individual to take responsibility.
2: And there's a, there's a, a, a cultural element as well uh, on everything you just said. The Anglo-Saxon, I work a lot, I mean, my wife is American, I lived a lot around the world, um, and I can see that the Anglo-Saxon culture is much more um, embracing changes rather than the, for example, Mediterranean culture, like France, Italy, uh, Spain, uh, and everything. And what I'm trying to teach people, something you you just mentioned, is the um, uh, capacity to fail. Because up until now, at least in France, if you fail, you're a failure, and you you have to carry that on your back for the rest of your life. There's a sentence in Japanese that I absolutely use every day. Say, you know, you um, fall down seven times stand back up eight that's exactly where today the new leaders and the new champions are going going to come out from it's the fact that they are yes they can fail and everybody can fail but the 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 strength to go back up is going to be really the biggest challenge and and the biggest change mindset in my mind
0: oh I i love that and there's a there's another Japanese piece, I can never remember the name of it, but where they, um, if something gets broken, they fix it with gold because they exactly. believe something is more beautiful as a result of its breakages, not, not in spite of them. And I love that, which is they're kind of looking at it and going, this is how we learn, and we become even more beautiful as a result of what, we've, of what we've learned on our journey. And I think we can learn a lot from that, can't we? As a, a way of living.
1: Yep. This has been a wonderful, a wonderful conversation. I think Kim has to scoot off. Uh, so totally otherwise I'm going it. to get in trouble with her. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank and, you. Uh, thank you, Nicholas. We'll speak thank to you in you. a moment. Yeah,
0: it's been a joy. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to Mastermindset. Please don't forget to follow wherever you listen
0: and tell your friends and tell your friends.